welcome to Base Case 015, Effortless Mastery Part 3. I'm your host, Phil. I left you on Practicing Slowly on Episode 14. And James Moody, the great saxophonist, has a meme that I see on Facebook, and I'm, I'm going to make a poster of this. And it shows him decked out in a suit playing his saxophone, and his quote is, A wise man practices slowly, a wiser man practices more slowly, and there's nothing more truthful than that. I'm guilty. I'm indicted. I'll play something and have trouble, and I have to indict myself. I'll say, Phil, you're going too fast. And then I slow it down because it's a reflex, I think, with human beings to keep moving and to move faster and get things over with. I, I indict my students all the time. I'll show them the fingering to a scale or a walking line or to a, to a lick, and then they'll take the slow tempo that I demonstrated and the first chance they get, you know, the time that they feel that they've got it, all of a sudden the tempo of the lick or the line starts driving up and they're moving at a faster clip and the mistakes with the line start coming out. And I have to stop them and say, let's slow this down. And like I said, I think it's reflexes. We want to learn something and get it behind us so that we, as a friend of mine so aptly put it, get to the part where we're awesome get to the part where the, we're the great player that we want to be. So we need to absorb quickly, right? And that, it doesn't work like that. It, even if you can get that scale line or lick underneath your fingers at that faster tempo, you're not there. Your mind hasn't absorbed it. You're relying on, you know, that preferred term muscle memory. When we're working on a scale, I'll have my students speak the fingering as she or he is playing it slowly. So on a major scale on electric bass, two, four, one, two, four, one, one shift, one, two, four. You know, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. I'm already moving too fast. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. And you can't speak the fingering. You can't speak the notes at fast tempos. Right. The singing of the notes or the fingers or singing the fingerings prevents you from doing it too quickly. But moreover, they absorb the mind in the process instead of just the fingers and the hands. They bring your brain into the equation of learning where it needs to be. You know, without the brain playing the scale with the fingers, we're relying totally on muscle memory and muscle memory, you know, where the body does something without us having to think about it. You know, like turning a doorknob, you know, you just grab and turn. You don't even think about it anymore. Picking up a pencil, you know, signing your name, like I mentioned earlier, uh, putting your key in the ignition of your car. I mean, you don't, you know, I don't even remember doing that this morning. I just did it. You know, I don't look at it. You know, it's become a muscle memory. The longer that you own the vehicle, it's easier. But muscle memory, without the mind absorbing the concept, is not a helpful friend in times of need. I've seen it time and time and again. It's happened to me a few times. The technical tasks that we have to do under pressure, you know, like playing music, if we're relying on muscle memory, it's probably going to fail us. When we practice walking changes or scales or learning heads, etc., we have to do it slowly and with a great deal, as I mentioned last time, that great deal of that patience. You know, In his book, Effortless Mastery, Kenny Warner on page 116 uses a metaphor. and He said he was touring Spain with his, quint uh, with his trio and he stayed in a hotel that overlooked a view of the ocean and he decided that he wanted to watch the sunrise. You know, I've done that before too. We're talking about something that requires a lot of patience because it moves at its own pace but it, it, it gets there. And watching the sunset, too. You know, I remember that when, the first time I did that as a kid, we were at Love Field Airport 
waiting for a flight that had been delayed and we were checking out the sun setting and it just seemed to me i was probably eight or nine at the time i was like oh, this is just taking too too long and but i'll quote kenny here the sun rises in its own time and it may be slow but it always happens now you think about that same idea that kenny's putting forth as our practicing that slowly you know when I talk about these concepts on this podcast, like I'm doing right now or with my student, it realigns me with these concepts of moving slowly, because like I said, it's reflexive to move fast, moving slowly, expecting a result in its own time requires patience and objectivity. You know, I'm going to quote Kenny again from 117. great patience and objectivity emanate from the inner space. You can see clearly what functions well and what doesn't. What does he mean by that? When I'm practicing slowly, I can see my fingerings. I can see what's going on. What my tone doesn't sound right. One note, one note in that scale or that licks out of tune, you know. But if I'm moving too fast, that's too fast for my brain to absorb at that time. If it's something new, when we slow our fingers and our mind, we can see the pattern more clearly. We can see what we're doing wrong more clearly and clean that thing up. In a sense, slowing down brings the goal to us more naturally. You know, when I think about it sometimes, and I've said this before, that when we work things out slowly, we're actually saving time because we're learning it right the first time. We're not having to redo it again later. And here's more of that quote from 117. Also from that space, you don't berate yourself for lapses in your playing because you're going so slowly you're doing it right most of the time. He goes on, he goes, without indulging in useless drama, you systematically chip away at your weak points. And I love that when it, without indulging in useless drama, I think about that. I remember reading that and wow, how many times have I seen my students groan, cringe or cry out, make a face when they don't play something correctly. You know, that's that useless drama. It's, you know, that it's berating themselves. It's going back to that, that first episode about effortless mastery. I said, be kind to yourself. Uh, when I tell my students to stop doing that, you know, and I see them do it, I tell them to hide it, you know, hide the cringing because it, do it doesn't help anything, you know. All it shows is that you're recognizing your mistake and that's no help to you. More importantly, go slowly. You know, like I said, it's more of that be good to yourself mantra that I mentioned in the first episode. Uh, he's talking about chipping away at the weak points, you know. We, we get that when we start practicing slowly. Here's more of what he has to say about it. Long-time problems start to clear up and you feel on track. Now, that's that quote itself, I've ha had that start in there since I started reading that book about 25 years ago, is that long-time problems start to clear up. Now, you know, you think about as upright as string bass players, as double bass players, D flat, you think about that note. That's one of the toughest notes to play in tune on the instrument. A flat's another one. I took a lesson with John Petitucci, and he says A flat. You know, that's sort of the, uh, the, the whipping child of uh, all the notes on the instrument. But you start moving slowly on there, and that thing starts to clean up. You know, you put the drone on A flat, and you start practicing slowly playing A flat in tune. Suddenly, this thing starts happening. And I love that part, feeling on track with my practicing. You, know, you think about what Kenny's trying to say. I feel like 
everything that I'm doing in my practice sessions is moving to the next practice sessions. That it's, if I'm not improving on that one, I'm re- I'm moving on to the next one that I will be improving on. And that's sort of the, the problem, the harbinger of a lot of what I'm talking about here is that a lot of the practice sessions that students and even myself sometimes doing aren't so much practice sessions. They're just playing the stuff that I feel comfortable with and I feel good about. I'm not really practicing. I'm, I think about it sometimes as I'm just warming up or I'm just playing around. You know, The real practice session is one that's mapped out. I'm playing that A flat in tune. Okay, next time I play it faster in tune, You know, and I'm working on that. I'm staying in track. I'm moving forward and making progress. Now, that's not as common as you might think. And the last part of that quote is, It's okay no matter how long it takes. If I'm trying to move faster, you can learn on mediocre levels. And what can you expect? Mediocrity. You know, that's that whole thing, you know. Bottom line, you cannot rush progress. If you're having problems with your playing with a line, slow it down. I say that as quietly as possible. Slow it down. By not slowing things down, we, and I'm going to quote Kenny again, there's a lot of great quotes if you pick up this book, we're overwhelmed by that pace and fail to develop a relationship to the music, supporting the belief that we are not meant to play well, that we are not very talented, and and instead of just slowing it down and getting to know the music. And as he says, slowing down is the path to enlightenment on your instrument, even with concepts that seem easy to you. Now think about that. There's concepts that you'll be reintroducing yourself. Let's say, yeah, you know how to play C major scale to the ninth, you know, play it slowly. You know, we I was working with a student last semester and he was playing through a very technical passage and uh, he was having trouble with it. And I said, let's take that passage and slow it down. He said, I can only play it at that tempo. And that was an instant red flag for me because that was the muscle memory that came out. So finally we said, no, we'll, well, let's play around with just parts of it at slower tempos. Check it out. The things that you know very well or think you do, move them to a slower tempo and see what your fingers do. You might be surprised. One last quote from Kenny. But by practicing small amounts, chewing fully and digesting everything from the lesson, extracting from it all the vitamins possible, one becomes mighty. Now that, when I remember underlining that when I read it because... That's when we know, when we start practicing slowly, we start having more of a command over the instrument. I think it's appropriate during the summer when, in many cases, student musicians and teachers are confined by a full-time teaching learning load to be able to practice these concepts. Like I mentioned in the first episode, summer's here, and if if you're a student musician or a teacher, this is your chance to kind of break things down and start slowing things down. Start on this. You know, if you're working on an etude or a piece of music, or let's just, like I said, check out something that you think that you know. Well, take the simplest thing. Take maybe, you know, like for uh, double bass players, a B-flat major scale one octave, and play an arco, you know, with the bow, one octave with the drone, and slowly, and focus on that and see really is that where it should lay. Focus on that aspect, and along with that, slow everything down. Now, in my next episode... I'm going to give some discourse and discussion and some exercises that I use with the metronome that 
help us slow everything down and show us that all techniques built at 60 beats per minute and it's using the metronome see that metronome keeps us honest at the slow tempos so i'll talk to you then and just remember slow it down Thank you.